Well, <clears throat> we have concluded last week on the gatherings, and there was, I think, 18 sermons in that when I tallied them up. We're looking and beginning, or beginning today, to look at doctrine. Not a pop, probably popular subject. <laughs> doctrine, what does it say? What do they say who are liberals? Doctrine divides. Love unifies. That's their cry. So don't preach on doctrine. Just preach on love and not the right sort of biblical love. And so today we start with looking at doctrine, the reason really why we need to look at doctrine today, particularly today in the church's life not just our church, the church worldwide. <clears throat> it's because of the denials, if you'll notice that the heading of the sermon today, denials in the last days. Let's pray and ask the Lord to guide us as we look through these thoughts this morning, the introduction. Thank you, Heavenly Father, you've given us your word. Thank you that we can have, we have the ability and we have the availability of the word of God to be able to know what's going on in our lives and how we should live. And Lord, we pray that we here might hold to sound doctrine. As Paul exhorted Timothy in our reading today, that Lord, doctrine does matter. Sound doctrine matters. And I pray, Lord, that we would grasp the truth of your word as we go through the introductory thought of this this morning and would understand who you are and how great you are, and that we'd not deny you at all in any of your word in ways. Lord, <clears throat> we do pray for those that cannot be with us, and pray for healing, Lord, and we pray for strength and encouragement to them who can't be with us because of sickness. Be with them. Lord, we pray that you might add to our numbers, that there might be others who would desire to follow you in these days. Bless our missionaries as well, Lord. Protect them and guide them. Use them to your praise and glory. We ask and pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Within the present age in which we live, the church age, two advent, or between the two advents of the Lord Jesus, he's coming as a babe and he's coming in at the rapture for us there's two distinct programs that the Lord has well let's extend that to the end of the tribulation to his revelation to his coming as a babe to the revelation he is dealing with he is dealing with two groups of people and unless we distinguish that we'll get very muddled in our understanding of scripture he's dealing with the church and he deals with the church then he deals with Israel in the tribulation right now he's not dealing with them they're in unbelief they've rejected him and um, <clears throat> if we get that we will understand the passage we're reading uh, many might go to likes, the likes of Matthew 24 25 and start putting the church in there church is not there that's that's for the tribulation it talks about the abomination of desolation and the Lord Jesus spoke about that that Daniel spoke about that's right in the middle there. You need to understand the portion of Scripture and what it's saying um, <clears throat> and who it's saying it to. 
when the church is complete at the rapture, then immediately the Lord will take up dealing with Israel and bring them back to himself. And, he, and by the end of seven years, all that are left of Israel will be saved. There's two-thirds of them get killed in that time. That's what the Bible says. And they'll come back and they will be a nation with one heart and mind. It won't be the law anymore. The, it says the, the word of God will be written on the fleshly tables of the heart, of their heart. And they will be the, the ones that they, God always intended them to be to minister his word and his life to the nations. Um, <clears throat> and that period will go on until the end of the kingdom, really, because that's where they are. They come to their, the fore, really, the nation of Israel. Now, <clears throat> there's different terms that are used in the scripture, and as we come across them, we might say, ah, yeah, that's for us. Read the context get to understand who it's talking about. There's a reference to last times for the church in 1 Peter 1.20 and Jude 18. And the last time, times, time for the church in 1 Peter 1.5 and other passages. There's a reference to latter days for Israel in Daniel 10.14. You see, you start putting them together and saying same spot, same thing. No, then you get confused in your understanding of those portions of scripture. But also, it speaks of latter days for the church. And that's really what we're going to be dealing with in teaching doctrine. Because it's needed. It's needed like never before. Because it's not being taught a whole lot. Um, <clears throat> so the last days for Israel and the last days for the church are referred to. Uh, uh, we could rattle all the references, but we'll get to them. Uh, the last day. The last day. Last days is a group. Last day is pretty precise. There's going to be a day of reckoning in time to come. So <clears throat> observe these things. The distinction must be made, made, must be made. The last days for Israel and the last, the days of her kingdom, the glory on earth, the millennium, and and that's written about all through the Old Testament. The, the description of that, not necessarily calling it last days. It does in Isaiah two one to five. And the last days for the church. And this is where we're narrowing it down to. <clears throat> and in our portion that we read this morning and one chapter earlier, the first eight verses in Second Timothy are given to describing the last days for the church. This is going to be prominent. These things are going to be happening in the last days of the church. And we're there. We are there. These things, you read through them, right there. The Bible's open to Second Timothy chapter 3. You read the list of things there that describe, it's describing people that are still in the church, which is not really the church. You see, the, there's a professing church, those that profess and that go along and dress up and, and, you know, do all the things. But then there's a possessing church, the ones that are possessing the Holy Spirit and the Lord has them as his children um, <clears throat> keep keep that in in mind and the last days for the church described there in second timothy chapter three uh, having a form of godliness to the unsaved world no, that's the church but for people who've studied the scripture no no that's not the church 
And see, from an early age, or as long as I can remember, <laughs> in, in our home, in our house, it, the, the doctrine of separation was taught. It was really taught. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> you don't cooperate with people that have gone away from the Word of God. And that's a hard doctrine for people to accept today, but it's got to be taught. The doctrine of separation. And when it's not taught, we then start cooperating with people that are not of the same doctrine. Well, it doesn't matter. They're only off on that little bit. And then you know, a little leaven, what does it say? Leaven is the whole lump. And it eventually permeates through a local church when sound doctrine is not being held and you're let to go off and astray on little things. It, we could have a lot bigger church. We'd have a brand new building, we'd have a bigger church if we just opened it up to some of these doctrines that are going around that are part of the last days of the church. And we're not, well, I'm here and we're not going to do that. And I pray that while you're here, it won't happen because you make an objection. And uh, you'll question like the Bereans, uh, is that so, you know, <laughs> whether these things be so. They looked into it and checked out even the apostles <laughs> when they preached. Uh, when they taught and they're spiritual leaders we need to do that <clears throat> uh, a theologian called Schaefer wrote this distinction must be made between the last days for Israel and the last days for the church otherwise we get confused our attention is directed to the events connected with the close of in, in these last days <clears throat> he said this a very extensive body of scripture bears on the last days for the church Reference to it is restrict to a restricted time at the very end of of and yet wholly within the present dispensation, the present age. This brief period immediate, immediately precedes the Great Tribulation, the time of apostasy, the time of liberalism, the time when you shake your head and say, "How did they come up with that?" Immediately before the Great Tribulation. <clears throat> And in some measure, he said, is a preparation for the tribulation. Because in Revelation chapter 17, we have... <coughs> excuse me. I'll wash that frog down. <coughs> in Revelation 17, we, we have there a description of the religious system that doesn't get... They're not taken in the rapture. They're still here for the tribulation and they're decimated. It's called Babylon, religious Babylon there. Jezebel and all the system and, and that's, a, that's big time now and it's a preparation for that time when God will bring them to judgment and he uses the unsaved world the kings of the the kings to turn on the church and decimate the church and steal everything that it has when that happens the world will be rich for a little while <laughs> there's the church you know not, not this church <laughs> the church that we, we're speaking about that's not going to be taken by the Lord that those that are meeting they're false they have a lot of goodies a lot of land prominent land in big prominent positions in towns all over the world and they will be decimated at that time but <clears throat> there's a form of godliness as I mentioned earlier but there's denials and this is what we're going to be looking at this morning, a couple, not all of them, 
the denials that these people who are apostate and liberal are denying about what God's word said is true. Um, We're waiting for him to come. There's the denial of God, denial of Christ. There's a denial of Christ's return. There's a denial of faith. And all these are particular passages, verses in the New Testament that are spoken. These words are used. And the one we read this morning, there's a denial of sound doctrine. Denial of a separated life. Hmm. The the, the church is just staying. It shouldn't be. But most times it's just staying ten steps behind the world and, and, and keeping... Um, relevant they say (laughs) so that people can feel comfortable when they come to church you know when a person comes to church they shouldn't if they're not a Christian they shouldn't feel comfortable if we make them feel comfortable by the music we play and the things we do we're not doing what the Lord wants us to do no sound doctrine separated life Christian liberty a denial of that a denial of morals well if the church is not keeping the standard and hasn't got the morals it should, what's the world going to do? And, and isn't that the reason why the world has gone where it is? Because the church hasn't taught and sounded out true morality, God's morality. There is a God, he has a standard, he owns everything, and he'll hold everyone accountable to it. We can deny it, doesn't make it like it's not real, it's still real, it's still, still true. Uh, and, and a denial of authority within the church and then it goes out into the world look around the world and the protests that are, the, what, what country next is going to have riots in their street <laughs> well, there's another one yesterday I, I don't know what it was about but they're having riots and trying to uh, all over the world denial of authority we almost had those in our country a couple of years ago, didn't we? <laughs> we did. Not riots, but protestings. And all this fits well in with what the book of Revelation, talking to the seven churches in Asia Minor, in Turkey, present-day Turkey, fits in with the Laodicean church. Remember the line? I am rich, they said, and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And then the verse after, I think it's verse 20. Where do we find the Lord Jesus in that church? He's outside, not going to come in. He's not in the church. His word is not being taught in the church. His doctrines are not being taught in the church. And so, well, we're there. And so, doctrine might divide, but it divides for purpose to keep the purity of the doctrine. And yes, we'll preach love, but we'll also preach what's the opposite to love. <laughs> Judgment, justice, it's not, no, I can't say they're opposites. Justice is a loving God doing what is right. <laughs> and, and, and on all the others. But doctrine matters. What we believe will determine how we behave. And so if we want the Christians to behave right, they must know what's right, the doctrine that's written in the word of God. Let's go to the first denial now. The denial of God. Turning to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
We were there with our reading in chapter 4. And <clears throat> what do we call the ism that says there is no God? Atheism. Thank you. Atheism. And, and if, they, if there's no God, if the world says no God, a person says no God, and they believe in atheism, what's, how do they set their standards? This is the world we live in. This is where it's gone. <laughs> Humanism. Hu- mankind has got the answer. And so we'll deli- uh, rely on the human brain and thought bring, to bring up the reasons and the morality that we have. That's humanism. And that's rampant. It's right through all, I mean, the schools are totally, the state system is in, in our country indoctrinated with it. Humanism, secularism. How do our governments get elected? What do they do to the people? They promise them this and they promise them that and don't intend to, to bring it about. But they know that if they can promise enough money and goodies for whatever, well, we've a big example of that in Victoria, don't we, this week. We'll give you the Olympics. Uh, regional. People that uh, don't vote for me, we're going to give you the Olympics and we're going to build stadiums and everything just before the election. It's been pointed out this week, hasn't it? And what happened? They won the election. It was sort of, after all that happened with COVID, you would think they didn't have a hope, but they got in. And afterward, they said, no. I wonder if all the time, I can't say, I can't read his mind, but he knows whether he made that promise as a lie. But secularism, see, it works. Money. Elections are won on the promise of giving you more. And we as Christians should not be voting for people that, or politicians that say, we'll give you this and give you that. We should vote on the basis of where they stand with morality. You know, they're not going to be Christians necessarily. Some of them might be. <clears throat> but the denial of God results in atheism, humanism, secularism, and a creedless unbelief. And now they've got to the point where they're going to shut people like us down, especially on this. <laughs> as we're out there in the public saying this and saying that, and we will be declared to be preaching hate because we preach the truth. That's where it's getting to. And um, might have to pack me bags for jail soon. Well, do they let you pack your bags and they just come and take you? But you're preaching hate. That's against the social order. That's not what we have in our society. You're off to jail. You see it happened in other countries and it can happen here easily. Well, we're going to 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. It reads, <clears throat> Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of it from such turn away. If you meet people that profess to be Christians and they've got that they fit the bill here, they fit what these verses are saying. I know we are not to make judgment, but you have to you have to be very sensible in your judgment and say, are they really Christians? If they're behaving like that and they're doing what the Bible says not to do, are they Christians? You know, your life, my life, speaks volumes to other people of what we believe in the God we represent. And if we're not representing God truly and straight and the word of God, then 
we're ashamed, we're either <coughs> backslidden, or we're not on fire for the Lord, and we ought to be. But having, having a form of godliness... You know where you're standing at this time. But turn to John, John's Gospel. Sorry, Luke. Luke's Gospel we'll go to. Luke chapter 17, verse 26. Last days before the Lord comes, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. <coughs> they ate, they drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage. Now, <clears throat> is it anything wrong with eating? No. I'm going to do that. Is there anything wrong with drinking? Well, as long as it's the right sort of drink and not um, <clears throat> intoxicating, intoxicating you. Um, marrying? Is it okay to marry? Yeah. yeah that's, God said, <laughs> fill the earth. Um, until the day no entered the ark. They were busy about what they were worried about, not what God was concerned about. If the world only knew what's going to happen in a few years' time, <laughs> they'd turn to the Lord, I believe, in droves. But when it happens, it'll be too late. It'll come upon them like a snare. And then they'll say, I wished I'd listened, I wished I'd heard, I wished I'd paid attention to that track that dropped in my mailbox or that Christian that I met at work or something like that too late and they'll be busy to the day that the door was shut and God shut the door of the ark God will shut the door to salvation as far as through grace is the way we have today in the church he'll shut the door and it'll be too late and the flood came and what did it do to them all it destroyed them did they believe in God this is only 1656 years from creation they knew about God. I mean, think of Cain right back at the start of when, you know, Adam and Eve's son, what he did in murdering his brother. Did he know about God? Did he know the standards of God? I believe he did. He, he knew there was to be a blood sacrifice. Abel gave it. He didn't. He got upset when God rebuked him and he killed his brother. Boy, how far you go when you get off track and uh, deny God his rightful place in your life and my life and as also as it was in the days of Lot <clears throat> what was the problem in Lot's day <clears throat> was it vegetation was it a greeny movement no Lot looked down at the Jordan he said the well watered plains of the Jordan is green everywhere not today it's been cooked <clears throat> by what <laughs> by whom by God because these people rejected him and didn't have any want to have anything to do with God we're not going to live by his standards they built <coughs> or where were we? as in the days of Lot they did eat, they drank they brought, they sold, they planted and they built and what else did they do? <laughs> sexual perversion grand scale we're getting there aren't we? in our society around the world it's going there but the same day just like God shut the door on the ark the same day that Lot went out of Sodom he's on his way out still it, he hadn't got there because his wife turned around to see the, the fire the, 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 the brimstone coming down from heaven fire and brimstone she turned to a pillar of salt and the same day 
It happened. It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Folks, the tribulation is going to come upon this world just like that. Noah's day, shut the door. Lot's day, fire come down. Uh, <clears throat> Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Now, his revelation is at the end of the tribulation, but we know the Bible enough to know that the preparation for that, as I said before, is happening in our day. The church is not doing its job. The church has failed to teach. It's apostatized. It's liberalized. It's gone away from doing what it should have. And even atheism in the pulpit. <clears throat> There's a talk in Corinthians, doesn't it? There's a lot of verses that come to mind while I'm preaching that I haven't written down. <laughs> there that angel, uh, the devil presents himself as an angel of light. And no surprise if his ministers are likewise. They present themselves as angels of light. You say, oh, that must be in the devil church somewhere. No, no, it's in the mainline churches that that is talking about. <laughs> that these people... And Paul, Paul said, have your eyes peeled, you know, get rid of the cataracts put your glasses on and see spiritually speaking what it's really like, like Noah's day, like Lot's day and the, the judgment will come hastily Romans chapter 1, even if we just cover one point this morning, I think it's important this is, the, this is one of the big ones, denying God, the church is denying it, out in the world they're totally denied it, denying it, who is one big man that's in big trouble if he doesn't repent no well yeah okay atheistic no no well, they've got churches over there and the church is backing what he's doing over there so you know somebody that speaks up evolution and things around the world and he puts films together and, and things like this and doesn't doesn't yes and he's doing that all the time and young people, and, and that's been indoctrinated in, 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 in the school. I remember when I was in school, it was just starting to be put in. And there's enough of us in the school, and they're not, not all Christians, and this is I'm talking uh, secondary school, that we objected to the principle that he would be teaching this in, in the school, the state school. And we were exempted from putting the answers he wanted on evolution on the exam. So we got it right. We could put God did. <laughs> now, imagine trying to do that in a state school today. Can they sack a, sack a pupil? They can sack a teacher. <laughs> but <clears throat> this is how far we've, we've come in my lifetime and how it shifted. Romans 1. You knew I'd get there, didn't you? <laughs> Romans 1. Verse 19. Right down to really the end of the chapter and I said I'd be quoting from this book Global Reset and there's a bit at the back of it that he said this every man is made in the image of God and I was explaining that to an unsaved man the other day we have emotions we have intellect and we have will that makes us different from all the other creatures created and we're not a creature we're a human being an eternal soul and so we can, as God, when we're not eternal, we came into existence as things that we are not like God, but we're made in his image in that we can think, we can reason um, with, our, with our intellect. We have a will to choose. 
I don't know what the um, Calvinists do with that one in made in his image. <laughs> God can choose. He chooses to bless. He chooses to withhold his blessing. He, he can choose to do what he wants with this world and the people of it. But he does that based on the decisions we make with our will too <laughs> as far as the judgment on us. We're made in the image of God, moving along. Every man has a moral conscience. Even unsaved people. Some of them have, been, have gone so base in their thinking and their lifestyle that it's seared. And they just do things without their conscience pricking them at all. And it says in Romans 2, verse 14 and following, For when the Gentiles, who have not the law do by nature the things contained in the law, the law of God, not the law of man. These having not the law are a law unto themselves, <laughs> who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. So this is talking about an unsaved person. They have a conscience. And God can use that to prick them, but some of them have seen it pretty bad, as we will discover in first chapter of Romans. Man, every man, is responsible before God. Are we? Every man will be. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess to the Lord. Saved or unsaved, we will all stand before the Lord on a judgment day. Different for Christians as for unsaved people, different judgment. But we are responsible before God. In Romans 1, verse 20, For the invisible things of him, God, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without, without excuse. Every unsaved person is without excuse because they have the creation to look and see what God is like. How big is God? How immense is God? Look at the universe. Where does it end? <laughs> they're still discovering. Right? They're looking out there with the James Webb telescope now and they're saying, no, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like this. Uh, they've got their evolutionary idea of how it should be and they look out there, uh, no, those galaxies shouldn't be like that. Because that's the ones that have been a long, 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 long time, billions of light years away. Maybe trillions. They should be like this. No. <laughs> that's because of your belief system. That's your religion of evolution. God made them. And how big is God? If he made these things, how powerful is God? If he brought them into existence with his spoken word, this is the God we're talking about. <laughs> But they deny that he exists. They believe in evolution. Shame be it, the church is there also. Well, Psalm 19, doesn't it? The heavens declare the glory of God. Night unto night, day unto day, it utters speech. It tells you, I do exist. God does exist. Well, we are responsible and will not be able to worm our way out on judgment day. No excuses accepted. Man, every man is accountable to God. In John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. 
because he had not believed the name of the only begotten Son of God. We are responsible. People listening in, you are responsible if you're not a Christian to, to God. You will give an answer to God of whether you have believed on him that he does exist and will reward those that love him and judge those that don't. Um, <clears throat> ignorance is no excuse. Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> Some say it is. No, it's not. I don't want to know about God. I don't want to know. Well, he's written it everywhere. He's written it inside, in the conscience. He's written it in the heavens. He's written it under the microscope. And he's written it under the telescope. Wherever you look, the handiwork of God. Seven progressive penalties for people and nations who suppress his truth are found in this passage. Well, where we were in Romans chapter 1. Just notice them and we'll... Yes, we'll, we'll close with these seven points quickly. Notice in chapter 1 and verse 21 of Romans 1, <clears throat> Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. <clears throat> Back when Luther nailed his thesis to the door of the church and the Reformation began, the world woke up and saw there is a God. The word went out all over the world. Missionaries went to the far corners of the globe. Some of them killed for their, be, for their belief. Many killed. The, and God has written it in the stars, as we've just read. They knew God. They glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So we have darkness that came upon these people Professing them wise selves to be wise, they become fools. That's what we have governing the world today. Fools, according to God. Change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and, and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. They worship the creature more than the creator. Darkness comes upon people like that. From Satan and from our own deceitful hearts. Delusion is second in verse 22. We follow professing themselves yet be, to be wise, they became fools. They, would, they are deluded. They think themselves to be wise. If you've ever been to a university graduation and all the uh, lecturers, that's them. There's a couple here today, but we won't. You, you're not like this. <laughs> they all dress up with their garms and their things and their whatever else, you know. These are important people, and they? I'm going to say they strut. They walk, <laughs> they walk down there and everybody beholds as they come. This is the intelligentsia of, of society. These are the people that are leading us in the right direction. <laughs> hey, look at the world. <laughs> look at their intelligences have developed. So, many things for good, but many things for bad. How to kill each other, how to destroy the world. And God said, unless those days be shortened, there should no flesh be left. That's where intelligence will lead us, human intelligence without God. Delusion, deluded they are. They think themselves to be somebody, as it says there in that verse, and change the glory. <laughs> in verse 23, as we've already read, then one day there's going to be not just delusion here, but it's going to be divine delusion upon those who, in our day, and maybe some of these people alive today, understand the Holy Spirit convicts them of their sin. And they say, no, I don't want that. I don't want salvation. 
Don't want to believe that. There isn't a God. When the church disappears and all those millions of people disappear, after that they'll be divinely deluded because they did not hear and heed and believe the message when they had the opportunity to do so. And that's going to be a shock to them. It'll be, that'll be shocking, wouldn't it? That There's a husband and wife. Say the wife's a Christian. She goes to heaven in the rapture. The husband's left. He's heard the message over and over again, but he is divinely deluded by the devil and the Antichrist to believe that he, that the Antichrist, is the Lord Jesus and presenting himself to be so. As it says in the scripture, divine delusion, darkness, delusion, divine delusion. And that's in 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 to 12, where it talks about that divine delusion. But then in Romans 1 and verse 24, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts, dishonour their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forevermore. Amen. Their desire. This is rampant in our society. Just this week, someone told me, I won't name any names, but they said there was a, a man coming to the church that was one of those fellas, policemen that dress in black. He's not a policeman regularly. He's one of the special ones. He's coming to church. He said, come out here. I'm not going to show you. He, 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 he's gone. He's died. So he didn't get killed. He, he, he died. So they can't track him down. <laughs> but they took someone out from the church and said, no one's looking, are they? opened up his trunk, lifted up his boot and machine guns and everything. Because of society and the way it is, they have to be armed and ready to go anywhere, wherever they are, even at church. And there's two big dogs in the, in the um, station wagon trying to bite and touch you know, anyone that comes in here. You, you're not going to live. These dogs will get you before you get the, their guns. But uh, the desire of people today and the way things are heading... And the deviant society, we have people armed to the T that are there by the government to take care of the situations that develop. <laughs> Go to Israel. Andrew said, just look when the fellas are walking around, they've got their jackets on and the jacket swings out. Have a look. What's in there? <laughs> Not only in America, but in Israel. There's a gun in there. There's a pistol in there. Ready for any, anything. You're walking in the supermarket. And there's army people, young people, with machine guns swung over their shoulders. And you, I didn't feel unsafe. I felt very safe. <laughs> Safer than you do here <laughs> for the way muggings happen these days. But their desire has gone off. And people's desire in the sexual matters that this is talking about, the lusts of their own hearts in verse 24, is corrupted to the core. Deviance. In verses 26, for this cause God gave them up. This is the second time it says that to their vile affections. For even their women did exchange the natural use for that which is against nature. You see what happens when a nation denies God exists? Our country is there and it's getting there faster and faster.
change the natural use for that which is against it. Verse 27, And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. <coughs> so their deviance from God's standards. Because there is no God, we don't have to give an account to him. We can do what we want. We can behave. It's my body. I can do as I please. No, sorry. God said, you're not your own. Particularly, this is speaking to Christians, you're brought with a price. In fact, Christ's blood paid for all, it says in Scripture. So he could say, everyone, you're not your own. God owns you. God made you. God brought you into existence. Don't deny him. Believe him. And if you do deny him, this is where you'll end up and this is where our society is. Verse, the depravity in verse 28 to 31. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. The third time it says, God gave them up. It's like he'll stop speaking to them. He won't prick their conscience anymore. They'll just go on their way. To a reprobate mind, totally using their bodies for that which is contrary to what God has said. To do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. That's where our society is, folks. Because we've said there is no God. Because our government says there is no God. We don't have to worship him. Ah, they might do a prayer in Canberra now and then, but do they believe it? No. Depravity. Homosexuality. Lesbianism. It's all been spoken about in these verses here. This is where we've gone because we say there is no God, and if there is no God, I can do as I please. And last, verse 32. And we'll finish with this. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they who commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And if you don't go and watch them, you must hate us. God loves you, those people that do that. But God has given you up to their own desires, to what you want to do. So <clears throat> the denial of God resulting in what we've seen in Romans chapter 1, humanism, atheism, secularism, and total no morality but humanism that governs how they behave. The Lord can deliver us from these things. He can deliver a person, can't he? He can save their soul. He can turn them round. If they believe that God so loved them that he gave his only son for them that they might be saved. And they can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where the message of love comes in. For us to give to these people that are so fallen in their nature, in their behaviour, in our society. A form of godliness. This is one denial of about nine, and we're not doing all of them. One denial of nine that happens in the last days, just before the Lord comes, as it was in days of Noah and Lot's day. 
Let's be ready and prepared to face the music, to face and stand for the truth, and not to back down because the Lord's coming soon. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we who know the word can rejoice that we do. And we know why things are going the way they are, because you've said it would happen. In the last days, just before the day of his coming. I pray that we would be willing to take a stand for truth and do it wisely, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, that people who need the Lord might come to know the Lord. Bless us as we part and sing a closing hymn in Jesus' name. Amen.